there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here at our little hobby farm, how I keep it simple in my homeschool, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus. Because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world, and the easier it is to live more simply. So welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm going to top top. Today I'm going to tackle a topic that I've heard from many of you. Sometimes I post over there on Instagram and I'm like, what do you guys want to hear in the podcast? Because I only ever want to talk about things that you want to hear about. And I've had this request quite a few times, so I figured it was time to get on the podcast and talk about it. And that is the topic of friendships. And, you know, some people have reached out and said, you know, how do you navigate friendships um, in this pandemic time? Some people are feeling really lonely. Other people have reached out and they're like, you know, what? I just have a hard time finding real deal sisters in Christ. And, you know, other people have said that it's hard to maintain friendships or keep friendships. And so we're going to dig into that today and look at why is that? Why do us women make things so complicated, right? Let's look at it and at the point of view that if we keep God at the center of everything, right, which is what I always talk about, keeping God at the center of your life is going to, you know, affect everything you do. And keeping God at the center of your friendships is included in that. And how do we form good, God-honoring, godly, lasting friendships? How do we be a good friend to others? Um, And how do we maintain those friendships? How do we handle loneliness? How do we handle all those things? We're going to look at that today, as always, from a biblical perspective. But, you know, we really just want to look at it and be like, why? Let's simplify it. Why does it have to be so complicated, right? Why do women have to be so complicated? (laughs) Because quite frankly, there is nothing more beautiful than sisters in Christ. And seeing sisters in Christ walk out God-honoring and godly relationships is truly a beautiful thing. When they are women of God and not women of the world. Oh, it is such a beautiful thing. So let's talk about that today. But before I start, I want to thank, as always, my podcast sponsor, Apologia. Apologia is a Christ-centered, award-winning Christian homeschool curriculum provider, We have always loved everything we have used from Apologia. You can find anything from K to 12, traditional textbooks, online, digital learning, science. They now have math. We've used even a writing program that they offer. They have new Bible studies. Really a wonderful uh, company because of their biblical worldview. That's really what we have always loved the most from Apologia. Right now, when you make a purchase of $30 or more, before December 31st, during the month of December, you will receive a free hardback book, um, and it is called Jesus Eyewitness. How cool is that? And it's a hardback book. It's not just like a digital download. So cool. Thank you to Apologia. Go check them out at Apologia.com. So let's talk about friendships. Like I said, many people reached out about this. Believe me, I'm not the expert in friendships. I feel like I have had my share of struggles of, you know, finding good friends and even in being a good friend. I have messed up. 
I have had to apologize. I've had to repent. I actually had something happen lately, you know, where I felt like just awful because I hurt somebody. And, you know, friendships are hard. They're hard to navigate. But what makes a beautiful friendship is when the two of you can work through it together. And, you know, you can repent to that friend. They can forgive you and you guys can move on. And then you can learn and grow from it. But friendships are hard. I will say that I have struggled with loneliness as well. And I don't know if that's a surprise to any of you, but you know, sometimes you're in the most crowded group and you feel so lonely, right? I have tons of people that I interact with online, yet I feel lonely in real life many times. And so that's also something we want to talk about, like, why is that? And so one thing that came to mind in this topic that I just thought I would start out with talking about, because it just paints a beautiful picture, I believe, of what women should be. So I want to share this story before we get into all the nitty gritty stuff on friendships and kind of simplifying things to really put some perspective on what our relationship should really look at, be, look like. Because I think a lot of us have friendships wrong. We get discouraged when we don't feel like we're we're receiving what we want from others, right? You know, we shouldn't be in friendships for what we get. We shouldn't be looking at friendships as like, well, they're not, you know, reciprocating. They're not doing this for me. And so maybe I need to let that friendship go. And so that's kind of like how the world would look at it. Be like, well, if I'm not getting anything out of this relationship, well, then let's let it go. But first of all, relationships are hard and we're two sinful people in a relationship. So there's going to be issues to deal with regardless. Um, But if we look at friendships as like in Philippians, where it says to consider others above yourselves, look out for the interests of others. And we look at it in that perspective. It changes things. We stop feeling entitled to what we're getting from that friendship and we just give. And if the two people in the friendship are the givers, then you're both going to receive. It's like that whole thing. You know, if if you're doing what God calls you to do, then trust God's going to take care of you. Trust God is going to um, bless your friendship. You, friendship. You just do what you're supposed to do, what God calls you to do, and you treat others that way. But let me tell this story, like I said, to give you a little perspective <clears throat> and to really think about, oh, okay, like that is a great picture of how women... Um, have relationships today in this world that we live in. So several years ago, I'm saying six years ago, maybe I had this idea that I wanted to do a prayer group. Many of you may have heard this story. I did tell this story. I do have an entire podcast episode about starting a prayer group in your home. So I tell this story, but I'm telling it for a different reason today. Um, But you can find that uh, episode in the archives. So I decided I had this idea, like, I'm going to do a prayer group in my home for the summer. I'm going to open up my home every Wednesday at two o'clock, and I'm going to invite women to come over and pray. Now, let me tell you, this is the part about giving and getting. I kind of, and I'm, I have to be honest with you guys, because, you know, that's how I feel like I always have to be transparent, because it might sound very honoring that I wanted to start a prayer group in my home. But I will tell you, the initial 
reason or the initial picture I had, maybe not reason, but picture I had in my head of this prayer group was that my friends, my usual hangout friends, would come over on Wednesdays, we'd have coffee, we'd chat, the kids would play, we'd pray, and we'd call it a day. I really think in my head that's kind of what I was looking at. And I had this idea, so I'm going to open up my home for prayer on Wednesdays, you know, every Wednesday at two. And I think like I thought it was just going to be a social hour. And um, I put it on Facebook. I had sent out emails and like the Lord kept telling me to keep putting keep putting it on Facebook. Even though I kind of felt like I'm annoying people at this point because I keep writing like, you know, Wednesday, 2 p.m., ladies prayer at my home, all are welcome. Like I made a big deal about all are welcome. Like I really wanted to include anyone who wanted to come. Now, keep in mind, I think I still thought deep down that just my friends are going to come. So let's fast forward to the day when it was actually time for the prayer group. And I said, you know, nobody has to RSVP. I didn't want to make it complicated. I didn't want to make it like people, you know, women especially, we're commitment phobes, right? We're afraid to say yes because then we're locked in. I didn't want to do that to anyone. I was just like, hey, you want to come over two o'clock on Wednesday, message me for the address or the info, and then we'll, we'll go from there. And that was a little scary because I was like, I don't know who's going to show up. And I'm putting it right out there on Facebook. Now, not on my like public uh, Simple Living for Him page, but on my personal page. But still, lots of people on there. You know how you're friends with people on Facebook from, you know, grammar school and your old workplace and your Aunt Tilly. You know, you're friends with all kinds of people. So I kept putting it on Facebook. And lo and behold, the day comes when we're having the prayer, the first prayer group. Not one of my friends, my, you know, what I said, like my usual hangout friends was going to come. None of them were able to come. And I got a few RSVPs. And wouldn't you know that each woman that told me they were coming were, it were six ladies that first day. And they were all from completely different areas of my life. And none of them knew each other. And so as I'm getting these messages that, you know, this one is coming and that one is coming, I'm thinking, what on earth? I thought my friends and I were going to hang out and have coffee. What is going on? Like, I mean, I was glad that people were coming, but you start to get a little bit anxious because you're like, oh, these are an odd bunch to get together to pray. So there was like older women, younger women, all from different areas of my life. None of them knew each other. And I'm thinking, how is this going to work? Like, how are these ladies going to get along? And it's going to be awkward. And so they all get here and we start talking and, you know, sharing and asking for prayer requests. And I'll be honest with you, one woman that came wasn't even a believer. And this is the funny thing. You know how I said I kept posting it on Facebook and I felt like, you know, I feel like I'm being annoying, but I felt like the Lord was saying, just keep putting it out there. Keep putting it out there. She specifically said to me when she arrived, I've never been to a prayer group. I really don't know what to expect, but you kept putting it on Facebook and I felt like I should go. She goes, every single time you posted it, I was like, all right, that's another sign I should go. She said, I've never prayed before, especially in a group, and I don't even know what I'm here for, but I'm here. And I was like, good. If you don't want to pray, you let us pray for you. You just listen and you just be encouraged. 
So that was a beautiful thing, and I believe seeds were planted that day. So anyway, these women are all talking, and all of a sudden, as they're talking, here's where the beautiful part comes. All of a sudden, one would have a prayer request, and one of the other women would be like, oh, I know, you know, this doctor. Like, I remember one was like a health prayer request, and they were like having like issues finding a doctor, and the other one was like, I had that issue, and I have this doctor, and let me give you the number. And I was like, wow. And then another woman was going through something, and then the other woman was like, oh, I went through a similar thing when my children were little. And here we had people from all different walks of life and at all different places in their walk with the Lord, from non-Christians to mature Christians to everything in between. And yet it was so beautiful because I watched and saw how God was connecting everybody. The one common thread we all had was that we came there for prayer. The one common thing that we all had was Jesus, was even the woman who was like, I don't know why I'm here, but, you know, it was intriguing. What was intriguing to her was Jesus. And so it was amazing to see that because every woman, you know, just wanted to connect, they just wanted connection with other women and mostly with God, because it was a prayer group. That is what brought everybody together. And all of a sudden, the like, the playing field was leveled. You know what I mean? Like everybody was like, and maybe it was better that they didn't know each other ahead of time, because they were almost more, you know, able to share some stuff, because there's no like preconceived notion of anything. And I don't know, it was just very, everybody was very openly sharing and supporting. And It was that whole thing about, I'm not here for what I I get, but really what I give. I watched these women be like, oh, here's my number. You know, call me if you have this issue. Oh, it was great to meet you. Here's my number. Let's stay in touch so that we can continue praying for each other. And I was just blown away by God because here I was, you know, maybe for the wrong reasons in my head thinking I was just going to have like this social hour. And it was beautiful. And so every Wednesday that summer, I continued to open up my home at 2 p.m. And I would say, I would write about it on Facebook every week. I would post about it several times. I'd say, my house is open. All are welcome. You don't have to RSVP. Just show up. Now, we ladies know that's like a little difficult to do. No RSVP, just show up. And now I was really committed to every Wednesday at 2 p.m. And like I said, we're all commitment phobes sometimes. I know I am. All of a sudden, it would be like Wednesday morning, and I would want to cancel. And I'm sure somebody out there can relate to this, like when you're going to do something, and then you're like, no, I want to cancel. It happened every Wednesday morning. I'd be like, oh, my house is a mess. Oh, I have to bake cookies, or I have to serve something. And you know, it wasn't about any of that. But you know, I just would always feel like, oh, you know, I'm not in the mood you know, maybe I'll just cancel today. And every time I would be like, no, Satan wants me to cancel. And I'd remember that first week. And I'd remember how God brought those six women together. And I'd be like, I'm not canceling. I got to push through because every single time when it was over, I would be like, praise God, I didn't cancel because I saw him work every single Wednesday at two o'clock. Now, let me share with you a little bit about what some of those Wednesdays look like. One week, just one woman showed up. 
But I tell you, that was God's plan and purpose because she had a lot going on that she was just able to sit with me one-on-one and talk about, and I was able to pray for her. And I think a lot of those things may not have been talked about in a larger group. And so that day I said to her, God brought you here alone for a reason. God knew. One Wednesday, no one showed up. And guess what? It was still okay because I sat on my deck at 2 p.m. and I prayed. And I said, I'll just make this hour for the Lord. And, you know, another week we would have multiple women again show up. And every single time there was a purpose for it. I saw God work literally every time. And by the end of that summer, I was like, this is what is supposed to happen in friendships, right? This is what it's supposed to be like. These women coming together, you know, we tuned out the noise of the world for two hours in the afternoon and we just focused on God. We kept God at the center and we were able to talk and listen to each other and share with one another and pray with one another. And it was beautiful. And so by the end of that summer, I was like, I just, I see God working and I see how relationships are supposed to be. I want to do more. And then God gave me that summer the idea to do a ladies retreat. And I started thinking about it that summer. I can always remember sitting on my deck with my little notebook in the sunshine, writing down things. And I was like, God, is this crazy? And I planned to do a ladies retreat the next summer. And so we did. And that following summer on a grander scale, the very same thing happened at our women's retreat that happened at my prayer groups. I had no idea what I was getting into. I never ran a ladies retreat before. I had no idea what I was getting into. But time and again, God showed me by confirming, by leading, just by convicting me that this is what I was supposed to do time and again. And even though I was scared to death, I was like, I will follow you, God, wherever you lead. That retreat, that first retreat, I had 33 ladies signed up for the retreat. They were strangers. Just like that prayer group, none of my friends were able to come like my usual people. These were just people who knew me from simply living for him or the speaking world or whatever it is. And here I am waiting for the doors to open thinking, oh my goodness, I have these ladies on this list. Right now they're all strangers. I don't know who they are. When these doors open, is anyone going to be there? What if nobody shows up? What have I done? Well, little by little, they started to come. And that weekend was the most beautiful picture of God's uh, sisters in Christ uh, and and what relationships are supposed to look like, just like um, it happened before at the prayer group. These women came from all different places. Some came from hours and hours away. And since then, we've had people come from across the country for our retreat. They all came from different places. They were all on different places in their walk with the Lord. And it was all about Jesus. And it was almost, again, like that prayer group, because nobody knew each other. You know, some came in groups of a couple of women, but most people didn't know each other. Because they didn't know each other, it was like they were able to just connect and have that real authentic level of connection. 
and we worshiped and we prayed and we spent time in the word and we laughed and we cried. And when it was over, I had 33 new best friends. And when it was over, we all gave testimonies of the weekend. And every one of those ladies that stood up in tears, crying and said, this is what it's about. Sisters in Christ. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine the power unleashed in this world, if sisters in Christ were the standard for relationships, if the the women of this world and the drama and the comparison and the je- jealousy and the envy and all that stuff was just taken over by women in Christ who want to honor the Lord in their friendships and they want to be in friendships for what they can give, not what they can get. Can you imagine the power unleashed in the next generation if we all acted that way all the time and we didn't get caught up? Because let's face it, women of the world have drama. Women of the world have um, so much negativity, right? There's a lot of jealousy and selfish ambition and conceit and pride and, you know, just icky, yucky stuff. But women in Christ who truly want to keep God at the center of their relationships, it is so beautiful. You know what I'm talking about? When you have those women who come in when you're down and they come and they clean your house or they cook the food or, you know, they take your kids for the day. Those kinds of things where they're in it for what they can give and not what they can get. And now I know you're listening, some of you, and you might be like, no, I don't know what those women are like because I don't have those women. Nobody comes in to clean my house. Nobody comes and makes me a meal. Nobody takes my kids. I don't know what that's like. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I've been there too, where I've been like, hey, what about me? But that's where the beauty of Christ comes in. When you simply say, you know what? I don't have that in my life right now. And rather than being down and out and like nobody's doing anything for me, go be the friend that you're looking for. Just go do it for someone else. Go make the meal. Go offer to take someone's kids. Go clean someone's house. Go pray for someone. And you watch because you are going to shine the light of Christ out there and you will end up getting it in return. Because the light will attract more light. So if you don't have those friends right now and you're feeling down and out because you're lonely, then go be that friend. And I don't mean to say that in a mean way at all. I'm just saying, you know, light begets light. Good begets good. And it will make you feel like, you know what? I'm not going to sit around and wait for people to do for me. I'm just going to do for others. And trust the Lord will bring people into my life that will reciprocate in the end. Now, I'm just going to plug my retreat because this seems like a good time to do it. If you are feeling that way, like I desire those relationships, I desire God honoring women in my life, please register for our retreat. If you can make it to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, July 13th to the 15th in 2022, we are going to, I cannot wait to do this again. We are going to have our retreat return to the beautiful, gorgeous setting at the Lodges at Gettysburg in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. We are already two-thirds full, so if you want to come, please secure your spot now. We are so excited about this year because I cannot wait. It's been several years now, I think two years. uh, Our last retreat was in 2018. So what is that? Three years since our last retreat. 
It'll be four years this summer, so we are definitely due. And there is nothing like it. I cannot tell you, those same women from that first year, I am still in contact. We have a Facebook group, a private group where we can you know, talk and um, ask for prayer and all that stuff. And so I'm still in contact in that way with many of them and many of them even more contact, like, you know, um, texting and things like that. So we have become a tight knit group, not because so-and-so is a perfect friend or I'm a perfect friend, but because we're two imperfect women that have Jesus working in our lives. And so if you want that, please go to simplylivingforhim.com slash retreat. I will link it in the show notes and secure your spot because I don't know if I'll be able to open up more spots. Lord willing, I will be. But um, if not, we're going to be out because we're already two thirds full. So anyway, back to my story. Those women, it was just so amazing to see. And I've often thought about that retreat because even, you know, in everyday life, it's like, how do I... How do I do that on a daily basis, right? Like I was just saying, if you're feeling lonely, because I've been there, I get it. I can have a pity party like anyone else. And I've definitely been there and be like, woe is me. You know what you see on Facebook, two people went out for coffee and you weren't included. Or so-and-so, you know, made a meal for somebody. Well, what about me? I was sick. Nobody made me a meal. You know, you can easily go down and have a pity party. But that is not God honoring relationships. That is the relation that is the type of, you know, behavior that I think to myself, like that's like the world. And Romans twelve two says, Don't copy the customs of this world. Be transformed in your mind. And so when I start thinking about like, okay, you know, God has to be at the center of these relationships because then we're not focused on, well, they didn't do for me. We're focused on what can I do for them? And I'm telling you, when you do for them, it will be given back to you. But that is, see, that's not the motivation. The motivation isn't, I'm going to do for somebody because then they're going to do for me. That's not at all what I'm saying. So I don't, I hope it doesn't sound that way. My point is when you are honoring God, you can be 100% assured that God will bring honoring people into your life as well. Your job is truly to follow him and his ways and to treat others the way he does in the Bible. I would encourage you after you listen to this podcast, since I always, always want women to get into the word for themselves, do a little bit of studying. What does God say about friendships? What does God say about our relationships with others? Look up verses and then let me know what you find because I would love to continue that conversation. Because I feel like if we really go to God's word and we see what he says about relationships, we're not going to go in there and find, you know, unfriend somebody because they didn't do enough for you. Or unfriend somebody because you're not, you know, getting anything in return. Now, of course, there are toxic relationships out there. And I think we all know the difference, right? We don't, I'm not saying at all to be in a relationship where somebody's treating you badly or it's toxic or any of that. I am not saying that. But I think that two imperfect people with Jesus at the center can always work out any issues they're having. You know, like I said recently, and this has happened before, it's not like it just happened once, a friend came to me and told me of something I hurt them. And I felt terrible. And you know what? It needed to be pointed out because I didn't even realize I did it. 
you know, and, and that's not an excuse either. I did it and I did it. Like, it's not like, I'm not trying to make an excuse. Like I didn't even realize because I am responsible for my behavior, but I didn't realize how hurtful it was. And so we need friends like that who can hold us accountable. I think we can simplify things so much if we are just honest with one another. Like don't hold a grudge, again in the Bible, don't hold it in, don't let the sun go down on your anger, right? Because that will fester and that will breed more negativity and more hard feelings. And then before you know it, you're making up a whole thing in your mind about this person that may not even be true. But if you nip it in the bud and almost it's like you're taking that thought captive, right? But you go to that person and you say, hey, look, you did this thing and it hurt me. If that person is keeping Jesus at the center, they are going to respond, hopefully not in defense, but in repentance. And then the situation can be put aside and you guys could move forward because we're all learning and we're all growing and we're all sinners. So we cannot expect our friends to be perfect. We cannot expect our friends never to Um, hurt us or have faults or do things that might offend us because we're all imperfect. Again, but two imperfect people with Jesus at the center can have a God-honoring and godly relationship and can act as true sisters in Christ. Another thing I just talked a second ago about the narrative in your head. I want to take a little bit different of a take on that as well. Another thing that's really important, if we want to kind of simplify things and not complicate our relationships, is true honesty with people and, you know, getting to really know people. So don't make a narrative. I've talked about this before. I think I did it in a devotional recently. Um, And I've done it. And I know other people have done it. I know we all do it. So let's talk about it. Don't make up a narrative in your head about somebody else. Like you see them posting on Facebook or you see maybe a group that they joined or posts that they like or memes that they share, whatever it is. And you just make up a whole story in your mind of who you think they are, right? Oh, they're this way or oh, they're that way. Don't do that until you've gotten to know them in real life right? A lot of us spend a lot more time socializing online these days than in person because of the pandemic. And it's so detrimental to relationships because we see what somebody's posting and maybe we don't agree with it. Or they shared an article we don't agree with. Well, all of a sudden we make up a narrative in their head. Oh, they're that kind of person. Oh, they're that way. Oh, they like that. Oh, they're this, they're that. And we think we know somebody because of what we see of them on social media. Maybe they are that way, but you don't know if you don't get to know them. So don't make up a narrative in your mind of who you think somebody is until you actually spend a lot of time with them. Eye to eye contact, you know, not just texting because we all know that then, you know, tone gets lost in that, but spend time with them, eye to eye contact and truly get to know who they are. Are Because I think what damages so many relationships is the fact that we are making up a narrative in our mind. And it's simply not true. So I want to encourage you to simplify and to not make things complicated by investing in people in real life life. I know it's been a little bit harder because of the pandemic. Well, let's try to get at least on the phone. 
you know, because you can hear somebody's tone. So if you have an issue with somebody, don't deal with it over text or email. Try to deal with it face to face. And again, get to know people face to face in real life. And don't just go by what you see online because that narrative in your head can be the farthest thing from the truth. I've had that happen to me. I've been like, oh, I know this person, blah, blah, blah. And then when I really got to know them, I was like, wow, they are not at all what I thought. And it is, it's, you know, convicting. And so if you don't want somebody to judge you based on that stuff, don't do it for them as well. Okay. So that was, um, one of the ways also to, uh, to, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my notes here. Sorry, guys. Uh, I don't want to forget. You know, ever since I had COVID, sometimes my brain like just goes away for five seconds. And so I wrote down some things. But then when I write down things, I feel like I'm stopping here to read them. So bear with me one second. Okay, so anyway. Oh, something I wrote down here. Look at the disciples. They all had issues too. They didn't have perfect friendships, right? You know, who wants to be first and last and all that stuff. So we have to remember that we are see we are going to have issues and problems like if we go into friendships thinking that somebody's like i said before never going to hurt us or never going to do wrong we're not going to have any friends cuz we're looking for all these perfect people that don't exist so you know be the friend you want somebody to be don't make up a narrative in your head and remember two imperfect people coming together to honor god and keep him at the center. And we want to reflect Christ in all relationships, right? All of our relationships that we have should reflect Christ. If you are reflecting Christ to others, if they end up being, you know, somebody that's not nice to you or they are toxic, you still have done what you're supposed to do in reflecting Christ to them. I don't know why relationships can be so hard these days. Like I said, We're all sinners. I mean, it usually stems down to pride, um, comparison, envy. Don't be that. Fr- oh, let me talk about this for a minute. I've talked about this many, many, many times, but I think it's so important. Um, and I've dealt with it in my in my past, and I've you know talked about it, and I I repent of it, and I see it happen though all the time. Romans 12. Uh, I always forget the verse. It's either 10 or 15. It says. Um, <clears throat> Rejoice with those who rejoice and cry with those who cry. Paraphrase there. But the bottom line is when somebody's happy, celebrate with them. When they're crying, cry with them. Do not be that friend who wishes for someone else to fail. Now, we've all been there. And this is something that no one wants to talk about, but I think it's so important to talk about it because when you bring the darkness into the light, then Satan flees. And we need to bring it because it is dark. Do not be that friend who when they post things on Facebook that maybe their child achieved something or maybe they got a new car or they got a new job or they got a new home or they got a new puppy or whatever it is. Or they achieved something in their career. They got an award. Do not be that friend who can't like the post because you just wish that they didn't get that thing. Like the post. Be happy for them. Comment and tell them congratulations. For some reason, we internalize somebody else's success or failure into our own life. 
we're like, oh no, they achieved that thing and I didn't. And because it makes us feel bad about ourselves and we internalize it, we don't rejoice with them. And Satan loves when we do that, but God does not. We are to be happy for somebody else when they have an achievement. And then when somebody else is going through a hard time, be there for them. You know, I think about this uh, with women. I think there's there's this alpha female type thing. Like I've experienced this as well. There's there's women who it's just their personality to be the alpha, right? To be the the top dog, so to speak. So in a relationship, there's one that is always like the achiever and the strong one and one that's more needy. And for some reason, those two alphas have a hard time being friends or those alphas have a hard time when the needy one or the one who needed them starts to achieve things and starts to succeed. And I don't know the psychology behind all of that, but I feel like I see that a lot. I'm always the underdog, I feel like, in a relationship. I never am the alpha. (laughs) I always feel like I need everybody. I feel too needy all the time. But I have seen that type of relationship where it's like as soon as the more needy person starts achieving things, it's like the alpha person doesn't want to be friends with them anymore or I don't know what it is. So I don't know the psychology behind all of that, but if you've seen that, I want to hear from you as well because I think it's very interesting and I think, again, it's something we need to call out and say, Like, we are equal at the foot of the cross, right? Now, there may be people in this life who um, are overachievers and underachievers and different personalities and all those things, but we should all be equal in our relationships together, and we shouldn't allow that to dictate the behavior or the, um, the way our relationship is going to be. And so jealousy and envy and comparison there is no room for that with sisters in Christ I've talked about this on my devotionals lately I've talked about this many times I've done entire podcast episodes you can find those in the archives about the comparison trap and envy and all that at the end of the day it's pride so if we enter into our friendships with a spirit of humility that is exactly where our heart needs to be Again, we have to stop judging our life based on someone else's. You know, I always hear this stuff like, oh, well, you know, you have it bad, but, you know, you don't have it as bad as so-and-so. Or you feel like you don't have a right to be sad about something you're going through because so-and-so is going through something worse. Look, what you're going through is what you're going through. You don't compare your sadness or your suffering to someone else's just like when someone else does something great we don't or say something great happens to us we don't say well I can't celebrate because other people are doing better things no you celebrate because it's a big deal in your life you don't compare to other people there's always going to be somebody who's doing more and there's always going to be somebody who's suffering more so we have to stop basing our relationships on these world standards and simply base them on Two imperfect people with Jesus at the center, wanting what's best for the other in a spirit of humility, rejoicing when they rejoice and crying when they cry, because at the end of the day, we truly have their best interest at heart, like it says in Philippians. 
we put others' interests above ourselves. And so those are the principles for good, godly relationships. If you find that relationships are hard or you're struggling in a relationship, send this podcast to somebody and say, look, I feel like we're having a struggle in our relationship. I really want to honor God. Like, let's be open and honest and say, these are the things that I've struggled with in our friendship, but I don't want them there anymore. Let's start over and let's keep Jesus at the center. Have friends that hold you accountable. I have friends in my life that I need them to say, Karen, you are doing something wrong. Karen, your attitude stinks. Karen, I saw you post something on Facebook. Not a good idea. I need those friends. We need to have those kind of friends. And we also need to be the type of people that when somebody does hold us accountable, we accept it out of love. We know that they're giving it to us out of love. They're holding us accountable because they love us. See, there's a difference between holding someone accountable because, ha, 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 I watched you mess up. That is not the accountability person you want, okay? You do not want to be having somebody hold you accountable because, they like it and they want to you know, call you out on it. It's because they truly love you and want what's best for you. So you have to find those kind of people. And then when somebody holds you accountable, as long as they're doing it in love, then you have to be able to accept it because you know that you're an imperfect person following a perfect God and you want to grow and you want to repent and you want to fix that. So you need people to hold you accountable. You need people to pray with you. You need people to pray with you and for you. Now, in our day and age, sometimes it isn't easy to just like knock on the door and be like, I need prayer. Will you pray with me? Or call up a friend and say, I need prayer. Can you pray with me? And that's where texting really does come in well, because I am like all day long with certain friends. I have one dear, wonderful friend that the past year, we just text each other every single day our prayers all day long. Like, can you can you pray about this? And what's going on with that? And I'm going to pray for you right now. It's been life-changing to have that kind of friend that is faithful every day. Now, if you're listening again and you're like, but I don't have that kind of friend, start praying for it. Start praying for that kind of friend. Start asking the Lord to bring those types of people into your life. And then, like I said before, be that praying friend. Ask someone, say, hey, Do you want to be prayer partners? Do you want to be accountability partners? Do you want to read the Bible together? I had a friend a few years ago. We decided to memorize a psalm together. And so every day we were like, like, I don't know what we did, like the first week, I think it was certain verses. Then the next week it was certain verses. But what we would do was to hold ourselves accountable. We would text each other. So you weren't supposed to look because it was supposed to be memorized. But say I was supposed to memorize verses 1 to 10 or whatever it was. That week I would write out verses 1 to 10 and text them to her. And she would do the same to me. And it was just to hold each other accountable. And these little simple things can bring about great meaning in relationships and in friendships. You want to have friends that hold you accountable, that you can hold accountable, that you can pray with, um, that you can pray for, and that will be willing to work through the hard stuff. So like I said, send this podcast to a friend. Be like, you know what? I I mean, life is short. We don't have time for all this drama, (laughs) right? Be like, I want to have those good godly relationships. And listen, you may only find one person that's like that. That's fine. 
have that one person that's close and then maybe God will bring you more. But again, it's about keeping God at the center of your relationship and praying to him and asking him, Lord, bring those friends into my life and Lord, help me to be that type of friend. Help me to you know, uh, put others first and truly not be in a relationship for what I get, but what I give. So I hope that this encouraged you today about friendships. Um, I know many of you have asked me to talk about it. I hope that this was um, a little bit enlightening to you in some way, that it was an encouragement to you, that it will help you to get into the Bible. Like I said, go see what God says about friendships. Go see what God in his word has to say about friendships. And then let me know what you find. Let me know what you think. Share this podcast with your friends and commit this year in 2022 to have those God-honoring friendships. I just wanted to remind you again about our retreat. The tickets are open. Uh, they are selling out fast. So please go to simplylivingforhim.com slash retreat. If a two-day event is something you can't do, but you are local to New Jersey, we are having a one-day event on March 12th, 2022 from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Lunch will be provided at Grace Bible Chapel in Chester, New Jersey. I will be doing several workshops throughout the day. We're going to have a day of women spending time together in God's Word, doing just the things we talked about today too, fellowshipping and praying together and just digging in God's Word together. So if you're looking for some good uh, godly encouragement with other women, come on out for our Ladies Day Out, March 12th, 2022 in Chester, New Jersey. You can find all the information at simplylivingforhim.com. That event is just a $10 donation, which goes back to the church who is hosting us. Um, and you can register for that as well at simplylivingforhim.com. Lastly, if you are looking for a last minute Christmas gift, go over to Amazon and grab my Simply Living For Him devotional. You know, you want to give something that's not going to dust collect on somebody's shelf, that's not going to add more clutter to their life, that's going to truly be a purposeful and meaningful gift. That would make a great gift this Christmas. If you have a homeschool friend in your life, you can check out my homeschooling books as well at Amazon. And I think those would make a great encouragement for the homeschool mom out there, especially as you start a new year. So I hope that this podcast encouraged you. And until the next time, I wish you all the blessings and joy in Jesus today.